Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sorry, that was the UPS guy dropping off a package. I wanted to make sure it wasn't a bandit stealing all the equipment. Whoa. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined by my trusted co-host, the five Olympic gold medals to Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. It's Adam Mamawala. Adam, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, USA Basketball, still the best. We pulled off the trifecta. We won the women's three by three, the women's five on five, the men's five on five. I don't think the men's three on three team even qualified because they don't have any NBA players, but we did well for the ones that we were in and the games were fun. And now Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi are five-time gold medalists. That's ridiculous. And they might play in the next Olympics. I can't even fathom that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, I There's not even much more to say about it other than Five gold medals is just, it's a joke. I mean, other than Michael Phelps, who has five gold medals. Right. It's a joke in that they only get to compete in one basketball event. I guess if they wanted to, they could do the three-on-three thing now, but I don't think that's realistic. So for them to just be the best at their thing for, I guess it's been 17 years now, uh, and going forth, like they'll get up to 20 years of just being considered the best at basketball in the world. Yeah, that's a great point, because obviously if you are a swimmer or gymnast, you can potentially get a bunch of gold medals in the same Olympics, whereas... If you're a basketball player, like you get that one shot once every four years or five years in this case. Also, how sick would Olympics one on one be? Why is that not a thing? Oh, I hope it expands. Five on five, three on three, one on one, horse, 21, knockout. Knockout, Olympic knockout. (laughs) Come on. Be fantastic. So before we get into basketball discussions of both real and fictional, uh, which we will be talking about later, let's uh, let's take a little bit of time to prepare in a little place we like to call the Teal Memorial Locker Room. Teal's doing great. Doing really great. Escaping the heat of the summer. I have approached heat levels in New York where I only go outside in workout clothes now because it's just always in the 90s. And that's great. I'm a sweaty mess. I am recording this in a sleeveless shirt that you cannot see. I'm playing in a softball game tonight and I will be wearing pants because I cannot turn off the competitive instinct that makes me slide. And I know that I'm going to tear my leg up if I don't. So I would rather be uncomfortable in pants than rip my leg open. I think that makes sense. Yes, I respect the game. I respect the hustle. You know who else respects the game and the hustle? I'd say our patrons respect the game and the hustle, and especially our newest patron. Yes, our newest patron is a producer-level patron, Matthew Hillebrand. Thank you so much to Matthew for joining, and of course, thank you to all of our producer-level patrons, Polly Burridge, Kendra Hadley, Adam Hartwick, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Shooby-Dooby-Doo, Godzilla Got Busy, Steph Curry for three, Bang! He Sells Seashells, LaRon James, Matt Barger, NBA legend Robert Zachary, No Jazz, No Pizza, Eileen Gazesh, Avatar Kiyoshi, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Anna Borgeli, Mitch Chrysler, Bang! Bang! Brown Men Can Jump, Jimmy Butler for two, 
two long-suffering Timberwolves fan, roast beef debris, Chris Paul, who just got a huge contract extension, and now Matthew Hillebrand. Thank you, Matthew, and thank you to everyone who has supported the show. You know who else is helping support the show, in a way? I have a feeling it's our sponsors, and we have two of them today. We've got two, so the first of which is Stitch Fix. Clothes shopping can be not fun, and if you are like Adam and I, being sweaty messes as you walk around New York City, you need lots of clothes at your disposal in your backpack that you can change into so that you're not Pitt Stains McGee. If you needed to get some fresh clothes, both in the terms of looks and also not filled with sweat, you could get clothes from Stitch Fix. They offer hand-selected clothes that are chosen by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. Each piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easiest solution to making yourself look and feel your best. You've used Stitch Fix, right, Adam? What are your thoughts? I sure have. I'm a big fan of Stitch Fix. I was very pleased with the clothing that they sent. And not only the styles, but the quality, everything is really good. Like the softest Mm -hmm. shirt I own is from Stitch Fix, and I am a big fan. Yeah, I like the clothes that I've gotten. I've gotten some great shoes. I've gotten some great shirts and shorts. I also just like the full flexibility of it. You can set how much money you want to spend on a particular article of clothing. So if you don't want to spend a bunch on jeans, they will send you stuff in your price range. If you're okay dropping mad stacks on shoes, they will also give you some fancy shoe options. They've got a full range of stuff. They got a whole bunch of different clothes. They even have clothes for kids. And it's not just an America thing. They also are available in the UK. So if you want to get started today, you can go to stitchfix.com com slash horse and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. So if you keep everything in the box they send you, you don't send anything back in the prepaid mailer, you will get 25% off if you go to stitchfix.com slash horse when you sign up. So yeah, head on over to stitchfix.com slash horse and get some fresh clothes in an easy way. Yeah, episode 82 is now called Pit Stains McGee. Pit Stains McGee. And of course, we want to give a shout out to our second sponsor and that is HelloFresh. It is no secret that Adam and I are big HelloFresh fans. The food tastes good. The food is easy to prepare. The directions are very clear. It just makes things very easy. They cut out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so that you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or less. And HelloFresh has high quality, fresh ingredients that are sourced directly from growers and delivered from the farm to your front door in under a week. And it's all contact free. So you're getting fresh stuff in a safe way. What's not to love? There's absolutely nothing not to love. It's really, really good. The quality of the food is good. The lack of food waste is awesome. The meals are fantastic. And you can replicate them even if you're not ordering from HelloFresh, which you should be, but if you take a week or two off, you can recreate them yourself because you get to keep the recipes, of course. You've done that. I've done that. It's a great time. Yeah, I've taken some of their Asian-inspired recipes, which is not one of my fortes of cooking, and they helped me improve my game. Now I can Uh, make... You're a bit of a bulgogi boy. Now I am. I can make some bulgogi stuff on my own. I can make some bibimbap, all thanks to HelloFresh. I didn't know how to prepare them, and now I've got that knowledge, and I'm very thankful. So if you want to try out HelloFresh, you can go to hellofresh.com slash 14horse and use code 14horse for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Again, go to hellofresh.com com slash one four horse and use code one four horse for up to 14 free meals plus shipping. So check that out and get some fresh food today. And finally, we want to give a shout out to Multitude for having us as a part of the collective. It's the best time of the year. It's the Multitude Survey Summer. If you go to multitude.production slash survey, you can help us learn more about you and decide what's next for the collective in terms of the shows that we already have and also new shows we might want to make. For Horse, it would help us determine what episodes you all like and also if there are particular shows that you want to see us guesting on or folks that you'd like to see on the podcast. Helps us a lot and it's super simple. The survey takes about 15 minutes. It's got a bunch of emojis. There's cute photos at the end. 
And what else do you need? So head on over to multitude.productions slash survey today, and you can help us help you by making better podcasts. And now we can move on to Full Court Press. Get it like the news. I get it. And there has been some news. Lots of news. Free agency happened in between the most recent episodes of Horse. And there's so many things. There's so many moves. Hundreds of moves. I'm on a website that lists all the moves that happened, and it says that there were 124 moves made. And all of them seem to happen within the first hour. And a lot of things happened to our teams. Your Bulls got a whole big revamp. They got a whole bunch of lovely folks over there. DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and potentially a fine slash suspension from the NBA for tampering to trade for Lonzo Ball. Hooray! You know, I am all for tampering if it gets me Lonzo Ball. I predicted it on our most recent podcast that we talked Mm -hmm. about bold predictions and I predicted Lonzo Ball to the Bulls, which is perhaps not that bold, but I mean, I'm happy about it. I think the Bulls are going to score a lot of points. I don't know how many points they're going to allow, but I'm pretty pumped. I would put up the Bulls starting lineup against... I don't know, most teams in the East, I'm not saying the Bulls are like the team to beat by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the moves that they have made have at least put them in like, I don't know, top five in the Eastern Conference. They sure as hell better make the playoffs, I'll tell you that. That's the thing. I think they're certainly going to make the playoffs, which is nice. I will be interested to see what the repercussions for the tampering is. For anyone unaware, the way free agency is supposed to work is that there is a set date in which the moratorium is lifted and you can negotiate contracts. But no one actually listens to this. And the NBA just kind of turns a blind eye to it. They just kind of let teams and players and agents negotiate these things. That's why all these deals come out the second free agency opens. But with what the Bulls did is a sign and trade, which means that you have to get multiple teams involved. You're not just signing a player. You are signing a player so that you can pay them more money and then trading them to another team. And then in return for doing this, you get either some players or picks. It incentivizes the team who sets this up. And unfortunately, the Bulls announced the trade to minutes after the deadline opened. So the NBA knew, well, that's impossible. So it's one of those, they don't want to punish people and they usually don't. But when you make it too obvious, the NBA has to do something. It'll probably just be money. I don't think they're going to do anything more severe, but it just seems silly because why wouldn't you just wait an hour to post it? I'm sure there's some sort of reason why they wanted to get the news out immediately. Maybe they're trying to sign someone else, but it's, it just seems a little silly. Yeah, there will be some cash considerations uh, involved, I think. <laughs> Our favorite player. So yes, the Bulls have decided to go all offense, no defense, which will certainly make them one of the most fun teams to watch just from a viewing perspective. We'll see if it translates to wins, but I would agree. I think they're going to be in the playoffs, which is good. That'll be fun. Maybe the Knicks and the Bulls will play each other in the playoffs. Speaking of which, tell us about your beloved Knicks. Yeah, we signed Evan Fournier to a lot of money, which made me a little worried. And we brought back Derek Rose and Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel, kind of bringing back the team from last year that shocked the world. We signed Julius Randle to an extension, so he's going to be on the team for longer, which is nice. And if you told me this two years ago, I would have been mortified, absolutely distraught. But now I love Julius Randle. And then also we got Kemba Walker through a very interesting means. So for anyone unaware, Kemba Walker signed a pretty hefty contract with the Boston Celtics two years ago. And for both of those years, he was injured quite a bit, only playing about 50 games each season. That is just over half of the 82 game season. So not ideal when you're getting paid a lot of money per year. 
I think he had like a $20 million per year, something in that range, something silly, a very, very expensive contract. The Celtics didn't want to deal with him anymore, traded him to the Thunder. The Thunder have no interest in being good at basketball so that their draft picks are better. So they negotiated a buyout with Kemba Walker where they bought out the rest of his contract. He no longer has to play for the Thunder and he can sign with whatever team he wants. And he wanted to play for his hometown Knicks where he had an iconic performance when he was a member of the UConn men's NCAA team. And now he's back and we're only paying him $8 million a year for two years, which is a very solid amount to pay pay a person who's very good at basketball but unfortunately gets injured from time to time, I feel great about it and it'll be very exciting and people have wanted Kemba back at MSG for many, many years and now we get it. I mean, other than James Harden, is there a better step back in basketball? I mean, his step back is so good. It's at least the most fun in that he covers so much distance. If you watch that iconic UConn game winner, which we'll put in the episode page at horsehoops.com, he travels so far back on that step back that it's it's just a marvel of basketball moving. So I'm very excited to have him on a team. I am worried that he and Derek Rose are both very injury-prone boys, but we've got Emmanuel Quigley and some other rookies doing well in summer leagues. So I, I feel I feel good about the Knicks, which is a really weird thing to say in the offseason. This is the first time I've said that since 2013, which is 25 million years ago, I think. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting. I mean, I needed this. The, the, Cubs, <laughs> the Cubs have crushed my soul in such a way that if the Bulls were also as bad as they have been, I don't know that I could emotionally handle it. Like, I can't have all of my teams be bad at once. I can't do it. Same. And that was what was nice when the Knicks were so bad is the Yankees were good. And even this year, the Yankees were a little disappointing and the Knicks were good. So everybody thought, oh no, did the Knicks steal the Yankees juice. But now that it's the offseason, the Yankees are good again. So maybe there is some truth to that. I don't know. But there were a lot of other really great moves made in the offseason. Some of the bigger ones were Kyle Lowry is no longer with the Toronto Raptors. He joined the Miami Heat. So him and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are now all playing together, which will be very interesting. And at least from a personality perspective, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler are both very fun, fun-loving dudes. That's going to at least make for some great content, even if they don't win the title. Yeah, absolutely. How how does that work in terms of distribution on that team, do you think? I think it should be okay. Kyle Lowry has been on teams where he isn't necessarily the best scorer before. Mm -hmm. So I think he is a malleable type player. And they can always do the classic thing where they try to stagger the minutes of the two and then they'll actually be playing together for the last final minute. So I think it's good. I think it'll be fun. And I think Kyle Lowry's colossal butt will look great in a heat uniform. So win-win for everyone. Wait, is that like a known thing? Oh yeah, Kyle Lowry's butt is a whole thing. He's thick? He's a very strong man and he's not the tallest by basketball standards. So yeah, he's thick. He's got big glute muscles. And I, if you Google Kyle Lowry's butt, even in an incognito window, if, if you want to just be extra safe, you're not going to get lewd pictures. You're just going to get pictures of him backing someone down, boxing someone out. And he's got a big butt. It's kind of his trademark. Good for him. I will have you know that I just Googled Kyle Lowry butt in a non-incognito window. Brave. <laughs> The first picture is an image that someone has photoshopped of clearly a female butt in uh, very high-riding jean shorts, and I don't even know how to describe it other than to say that maybe we'll put a link to it, maybe we won't, but <laughs> it is from Twitter, and it is called Kyle Lowry's Thick Ass with a bunch of emojis. It's a lot to, it's a lot to process. 
Shout out to Kyle Lowry's butt. I was once nicknamed in college Big Booty Shuby, so I'm glad I share kinship with butt-related notoriety to Mr. Lowry. <laughs> I, I'm happy for him, and those heat uniforms are going to be very flattering. <laughs> Now, there was a lot of fun, happy signings, people getting big contracts, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, lots of people getting big deals. But there also were some disappointing things, if by disappointing your name is Dennis Schroeder, because Dennis Schroeder, who was of the Los Angeles Lakers in March of this year, 2021, was offered a four-year, $84 million contract extension by the Los Angeles Lakers. And Dennis Schroeder, shocking the world, said, no, thank you. I think I am worth $100 million over four years, which isn't necessarily accurate given his playing prowess. But the thought behind it is that the Lakers were in a situation where, because of all the way contracts work in the NBA, basically, you can go over certain limits if you are bringing people back onto teams as opposed to signing someone who wasn't on your team before. So Schroeder was trying to say, basically, you're going to have to pay me. I'm the most viable option, so I actually want more money. But what he didn't anticipate doing was, one, being really bad in the playoffs, and then, two, the Lakers trading for Russell Westbrook, which is the position that Dennis Schroeder plays. So now, instead of of Dennis Schroeder making $84 million over four years, no other team in free agency really wanted to pay him what he was asking for. So now he is getting paid $5.9 million just for one year with the Boston Celtics to be the backup point guard to Marcus Smart. And I don't know if Dennis made this decision. I don't know if his agent made this decision. Whoever was in charge of this decision royally messed up. That's a big difference. Yes, but we've also seen that work both ways. I mean, there are times where people bet on themselves, and uh, I think Jimmy Butler is a good example of that, and it pays off in a huge way. So, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I don't know how you're going to survive on $5.9 million, especially after taxes, but <laughs> in all seriousness, it is that does really suck. Um, and across all sports, you see that where somebody holds out and then they end up getting injured or they have a really down year and... They can't even get anyone to sign them. Actually, Lowry Markkinen is kind of in that position a bit. Um, we'll see what happens with him. But the Bulls had offered him an extension. Uh, he didn't take it. And now he is less in demand. But we'll see how that goes. Sometimes it works out. For other folks, it hasn't worked out. Like Nerlens Noel turned down a big contract with the Mavs because he thought he was worth more and then kind of bounced around a little bit. But now he's found a solid role with the Knicks. He got a pretty hefty contract. So I hope for Dennis's sake that he is able to prove himself in this year, but right now he is just the meme of all NBA Twitter. And speaking of NBA Twitter, there's another very funny thing that happened, which is Andre Drummond is now playing for the Philadelphia 76ers, who famously have a wonderful player on their team named Joel Embiid, whose display name on Twitter is still Joel and then in quotes, Troel, uh, like a troll, Embiid, because on November 3rd of 2018, Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond had a lot of beef. Drummond was on the Pistons at the time, Embiid still on the Sixers. They played the same position. They would argue with each other while they were defending each other. There were some scuffles on the court, etc. Joel Embiid tweeted, quote, I own a lot of real estate in Andre Drummond's head, and I'm on my way to build more. Three house emojis, hashtag bum, hashtag the process. The photos Joel Embiid included were a photo of him and Andre Drummond staring at each other, then a photo of Joel Embiid at the NBA Africa game in 2018, clearly building some sort of structure. He's wheelbarrowing cinder blocks, and then another one of him making a jumper over Andre Drummond. <laughs> 
So these dudes are on the same team now. And Joel still has not deleted this tweet, which has 84.2 thousand likes. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I think they're going to have to figure it out. I just, to be a fly on the wall for the first practice... I would give nothing more. It would just be, uh, I'm sure they're going to be fine and time has passed and it's probably not that big of a deal. But also, you can't fully ever squash all of that beef. And there's a difference between them being high profile teammates. Like if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George hated each other, but they're both 1A and 1B on the team, they could put those differences aside. But Andre Drummond is clearly going to be Joel Embiid's backup. Yeah. So there's already a power dynamic there. Uh, it's just got to be tough, man. I really really want video cameras of their first exchange. <laughs> I would love to see it. And for those of you out there who also want to squash some beef, I highly recommend HelloFresh. Great burgers. <laughs> Use promo code 14 horse. Oh my goodness. So yeah, NBA free agency was wild as it always is. Summer league is going on right now, which just leads to overreactions where everyone's rookie is the best player in the history of the world. But there have been some fun posterizing moments. I mean, yeah, Gary Payton II had easily the dunk of the summer league. I think it was yesterday. Uh, we will put the link to that. It's undecided if we're going to put a link to Kyle Lowry's photoshopped butt, but we're definitely going to put a link to Gary Payton the second absolutely yamming on someone. Uh, it was pretty good. There have been a few other fun moments as well. One of the fun moments was there's a new rookie on the Knicks named Deuce McBride, which is already a top tier name, Deuce McBride. And of course, his number is two, which is perfect. Not since Harry Dank has there been such a name. <laughs> He had an incredible game where he only scored, I think, two points in the first half and then scored 20 in the second half where he didn't miss a shot, which is very cool. And then it was reported that he went to dinner in Las Vegas, which is where Summer League is being played right now, still wearing his jersey from the game. Wow. <laughs> which is huge high school travel team vibes. I used to do that after travel baseball games. You just go straight from the game to the Outback Steakhouse and get a Bloomin' Onion. To friendlies. Yeah, right. So... I love that Deuce did this. Are you familiar with Harry Dank, by the way? I definitely have heard the name before. Harry Dank is the boyfriend of Sue Bird's mom, Nancy Bird. Oh! And he got memed because just the name Harry Dank in and of itself is pretty mm -hmm. incredible. And uh, it became like a whole thing during the Olympics. I did notice that because it would say Nancy Bird, Sue's mother. And then it just said Harry Dank and it had nothing underneath it. <laughs> yeah, no qualifier at all. Just Harry Dank. Which made me have so, so many questions. A man who needs no introduction, Harry Dank. I mean, they probably should have just put Nancy's boyfriend to spare all of us, but go Nancy. <laughs> and go Harry, you know. Go Harry. Good for you. I hope he's a good future potential stepdad to Sue Bird. <laughs> so yes, overreactions abound, but Summer League is always a fun time, and I'm excited. The season is not that far away. It's really not. It's probably going to start in late October, mid to late October. Yeah. Preseason will start in late September, early October. It's right around the corner. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, I think the whole goal was to try to get the schedule back to its normal place. Yes, yes, indeed. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. So now we will transition into a very special three on three draft, which will close out this episode. Adam, we did it. The people spoke and we listened and we watched Space Jam colon A New Legacy. <sighs> How'd you feel? You're a Bulls fan. How'd you feel? <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing. The original Space Jam is not good. No. So, 
yes, the new Space Jam was also not good, but we're not comparing it to a movie that's like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, they're both pretty bad. Neither Michael Jordan nor LeBron can act that well. And I will admit, though it's very hard for me to do, LeBron is a better actor than Michael Jordan. Like, I, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it had its moments. There were parts I enjoyed. There were some fun nods to the original that I thought were amusing. There were some fun, like, kind of self-deprecating LeBron moments that I enjoyed, but largely not good. Um, I have written down a lot of good and bad moments. The entire angle here with this draft is that we're going to do our top three and bottom three moments of the film, and then whatever's left over will go into the Patreon. And uh, man, if you're not a patron already, you kind of have to for this. Yes, because I will just count really quickly all the things that I wrote down while I was watching. I have 14 things listed as good, and then I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. 20. I have 22 things listed as bad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. I, I have a more even distribution, but I think it's because some of the things that I thought were good were actually bad, but I just liked them. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. So we're going to talk about all of them that don't make this three-on-three cut on Patreon. But for now, I feel like we should draft the good things first. I know we normally save the good for the end, but I think the bad is going to be spicier. So yeah. I think we should have a palate cleanser of here's what the movie did well. Also, fair warning at this point, spoiler alert, we're going to be spoiling the whole film. It is on HBO Max if you've got that, but also it's not worth your two hours. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I didn't put that in the bad category because it's just kind of like an overall thing. There is no reason that that kind of movie should be any longer than like 85 minutes. Like, what are we doing here? Exactly. Two hours is absolutely ludicrous. I wish ludicrous had been in the movie. That would have been amazing. Is Fast and Furious a Warner Brothers thing? They got every other Warner Brothers movie yeah, that's ever been made. Yeah, my gosh. Yeah, just so much. So, Adam, I will I will pass the rock to you first. What is the number three good thing that you want to draft from this film? Oh, man. This is really tough. Okay, I will go number three. I like Lil Rel a lot. I thought he was really funny. Okay, okay. Uh, so Lil mm-hmm. Rel Howery is a comedian and actor most known from Get Out. Um, he's been in a lot of other films as well, but he was a person alongside Ernie Johnson commentating. I thought it was really funny. I thought they let him do his thing. Ernie Johnson was good too, but uh, one line that I thought was really funny was in the second half when uh, Ernie Johnson's like, oh, it looks like they're coming out with some renewed energy. And then Lil Rel, very deadpan, is like, and I don't understand why they're losing really badly. <laughs> like that was very funny to me. You've seen the movie Semi-Pro, right? I actually have not. I need to. Okay. It's not great, but I have a sense that it maybe has aged better than I think it might. Like, there definitely are funny moments. Okay. And there's a scene where Will Ferrell's character gets horribly injured and his teammates are carrying him off the floor. And the, the announcer goes... Jackie's teammate's doing just a terrible job of supporting his spine. And it was so earnest that, like, this had the same sort of vibe to it. So, in general, I enjoyed Lil Rel's presence. I thought he was a good addition to the film. And that line, I uh, I enjoyed quite a bit. My number three choice is going to be... I'm going to combine two things I have here for good. And I'm just going to say that fashion choices were good. The two that really stood out to me were LeBron's Toon Squad-themed shoes were really nice. I believe it's the next line in whatever his LeBron shoe is. I don't know what number they're up to. 17? 18? He had some really fresh shoes. All the different colors look super sweet. And then also Don Cheadle's sparkly suit. He had a couple different outfits, but when he is actually presenting the game, he was wearing this purple suit with a bunch of sparkles on it, and I thought that was 
incredibly fresh. So there were some really solid fashion choices made that I appreciated. Yeah, I feel like that could have been the sort of thing you would see at the NBA draft, actually. Yes, 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 yes. I, I really, I need an excuse to go to a very fancy type thing where people get to wear these absurd suits because I would love to do that. I already wear very bright, vibrant shirts in my normal life and at live shows for podcasts and stuff. But to be at some sort of NBA draft, red carpet, those things where people wear truly obnoxious suits, I, I just need one. Maybe some wedding where that is encouraged. Something. I would love it. Well, I think I've mentioned this to you, but every year, uh, other than last year, there is a big basketball tournament that is run by this comedian that involves largely comedians. And the night before, they do a draft, and they do it in person, and people show up in, like, you know, white tuxedos and whatever it is just to be funny. Yes, okay. Uh, And I am playing this year. It's in September. And if I can... And depending on how the Delta variant goes, I intend on going to this draft. And I am told that right now I am being looked at as the number two overall guard. My goodness, that's fantastic. And I would love to see you perform if it's safe enough to do so. And maybe for the following year, we can compete together if I uh, qualify enough as comedian in New York City. I mean, you're comedian adjacent, if if not (laughs) an official stand-up comedian. All right, for my next pick... So many to choose from. Gosh, it's really hard. Okay, this is a very subtle moment, but I enjoyed it. So when LeBron first lands as a tune in uh, Looney Tune Land, when he gets out of the little <laughs> Nike-shaped hole that he falls into, he comes out with like a flat top and a small beard and then like flips it around I had so as to reflect his actual shorter hair and longer beard. And I thought that was really, it was a very funny moment and good utilization of the medium. Yes, I also had that as one of my picks, so I'm sad I don't get to take it. But what I also really appreciated about it is that Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics did that exact transition with his actual hair. When he came into the league, he had a very short beard and a pretty big flat top, and now he buzzes his head and he's got a really long beard. So he's done that, and (laughs) the fact that LeBron did it was cool, because even when they have the flip of the cartoon, he still looks like a normal person, just a different style than LeBron. So yes, I appreciated that gag as well. So for my number two pick, I am going to go with just the fact that they took digs at LeBron James's playing career, I thought was really nice. And this is something that they carried over over from the first Space Jam, making fun of Michael Jordan's baseball career was like a big running joke in the film. So they made fun of LeBron switching teams. They had LeBron argue with the ref at one point. So I thought they did a good job. And there were multiple gags about him switching teams, putting together a super team. And sometimes it was direct and part of the script. And then other times I don't know if they were trying to do this, but they kind of accidentally did it where LeBron gets really mad at Bugs because he doesn't allow LeBron to assemble a good enough super team, which feels like, oh, wow, LeBron can't win unless he puts together this this incredible roster of people around him. And then also, yeah, arguing with the ref, it's like, did they just write that into the script or were they trying to poke fun at the fact that LeBron complains a whole heck of a lot when he plays basketball? So I liked the intentional choices and I also wondered if the unintentional ones were, were digs or if it just came off that way. Regardless, I always appreciate self-deprecating humor when it's that kind of thing and we're all in on the joke. Uh, And I thought it was fun. It would have been funny if they had included a scene where LeBron replaces Daffy Duck with a different coach that he wants more. <laughs> I think they made a joke. They they made some sort of joke about the coach. I think something where where he was yelling at someone and I think someone says like, you can't yell at me like that. I'm not your coach. So they definitely made some sort of reference of LeBron's treatment towards coaches for sure. Yeah, I mean, the first scene of the film 
is LeBron as a child missing a clutch shot. Mm-hmm. So just immediate shade right out the gate. Because he played video games. How dare he? Exactly. Um, yeah. Then Bugs at one point is asking what LeBron is doing in Toon Land and is like, what'd you run out of teams to play with? So that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. All, all of the LeBron shade I thought was fun. And it also makes me wonder if LeBron had some sort of final say of the script and was cool with all of that, which if that is the case, I give him credit for being willing to be the butt of the joke. Yeah. I think he probably was okay seeing that he's going to get so much money from this film. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So my number one favorite moment was (laughs) when LeBron gets like dunked on repeatedly by the spider lady. Oh, yeah. By Nineka Ogumake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it just keeps hitting his face. And she just keeps saying, eat that, eat that, eat that, eat that, eat that, eat that. (laughs) I love that. That was one of the funniest moments for sure. That was my favorite. That was my favorite thing in the whole in the whole film. And I have some other fun moments, but we'll save that for the Patreon. Same, same, same. So my number one pick, the funniest joke, I think, is when they're in the locker room, it's halftime and they're down by a thousand points, not exaggerating, a thousand points. And I think Sylvester says that he has someone that can help him out. You said he saw Michael Jordan in the crowd and they yeah. do this dramatic thing where you see someone's silhouette walking up and they play the bull song, the and they start playing it and everyone's like, oh my God, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. And then it's Michael B. Jordan. I like once, once he started walking, I was like, okay, yeah, that's definitely Michael B. Jordan. But I thought that was just a great joke of everyone was wondering if MJ was going to be in the movie. And obviously he was not spoiler alert. Uh, but I just thought that joke was so funny and Michael B. Jordan was just like, uh, I don't know, uh, wish you guys all the best. Sorry, I can't help out here. I was just getting popcorn and he dragged me in here. (laughs) I thought that was a very fun joke. I thought it was a good way for them to acknowledge MJ without having him in the movie and make a fun joke. I'm sure Michael B. Jordan has heard every single iteration of Michael Jordan jokes, so he seems like a good sport for putting up with it. I thought it was great. Adding in the bull song was super clutch. I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I thought that was a good moment as well. So I think that wraps up good. And now let's head over to bad, huh? I do want to give honorable mention to something because did you know that Sue Bird is in Space Jam? No. So I didn't notice this until I saw the credits at the end and they started listing all the players and it says as himself, as herself. And then I saw two players that I didn't see in the movie. It said Asia Wilson and Sue Bird played themselves. And I was very confused and I Googled it and then I ended up rewinding and you can see during the All-Star game when they're showing all the different players who end up making up the Goon Squad, in the background, there are some players warming up and you can see Sue Bird and Asia Wilson. Apparently, according to the internet, Draymond Green was also one of those players, but he wasn't in the background, so I don't think he made it into the credits or into the movie. But yeah, for like a second and a half, you can see Sue Bird dribbling and Asia Wilson putting up a shot. So, Oh, that's funny. So, for anyone keeping track at home, five gold medals, four WNBA championships, is it three NCAA championships? I think so. And one appearance in Space Jam. Pretty sweet. Not bad. There was a tweet where someone was just listing all of Sue Bird's accolades, and it did take three tweets. Yeah, that sounds about <laughs> right. I mean, unfortunately for Sue, there's just not room for another bird when there's already Tweety in the film. hey Okay, let's move on to the bad stuff, Adam. What do you got for your number three pick? Oh, man. Um, this is always tricky in a draft because I want to make sure that I get to talk about what I want to talk about, but I have a, a true moment that I think is the number one worst moment for sure. Let's start with this. Uh-huh. So one of the things I've talked about with the original Space Jam, particularly pertaining to Michael Jordan's subpar acting, is a scene where uh, he's at home and he's had a rough day playing baseball poorly and he comes home and he asks, what's for dinner tonight? 
And then someone says, chicken and collard greens. And he says, good, I'm going to need a good meal tonight. And that's the way he delivers Mm -hmm. it. But there's a scene in the new film where LeBron's wife comes to tell LeBron and his sons that it's time for dinner. They ask what's for dinner. And she says, spaghetti and meatballs. And then LeBron says, spaghetti and meatball? Ooh, that's my favorite. And it was said with the equal level of enthusiasm as Jordan's, I'm going to need a good meal tonight. And I don't think it was intentional, but I did enjoy it. I also thought the exact same thing because you've brought up this line before on the show. And the first thing I thought of was, this is so similar to the collard greens thing that I feel like it has to be intentional, but also why? Right. Like, it's not, it's what, I don't know if they just had the outline from Space Jam 1 and then they just deleted parts and then typed in new things and they were like, oh, he needs a new meal to love. But yes, I agree. I saw the parallels and I was like, why are we doing this? It's not an entertaining portion of the film. Yeah, I, it seemed strange to me. So my number three choice, oh my goodness, there's so many things that I found really bad, but I think I just, I don't think they set up LeBron for success in voice acting because I do think LeBron's a pretty solid actor. I don't think he was very good when it came to the voice acting parts where he had to yell. And there's so many times in this movie where cartoon LeBron or CGI LeBron, LeBron when he's in the Warner Brothers server verse, he has to yell so often and he's not good at yelling. It always sounds like someone feeling embarrassed about yelling loudly in some sort of recording booth or something. Right. And it doesn't sound like someone genuinely yelling. It sounds like someone being recorded and being told to yell. Just a lot of like, ah, where it's like not actually loud. It's just semi in the cadence of yelling. And there's just so many times that that happens in the movie and it's bad every single time. Are there any particular moments you're thinking of? Just like when he's in Looney Tune world or whatever and he's getting shot around all over the place when Bugs is being a menace to him when they're driving the car and the Acme stuff is blowing up and he falls off a bridge and all. He just, I just felt like he was constantly yelling a lot when he was in voice acting mode and he wasn't good at it. And it was just so often that it became like grating on my ears. I was not a fan. Yeah, that's a good catch. I didn't think about that, but I definitely, now that you're saying it, can appreciate what you're talking about. It was not great. And and in fairness, like he maybe doesn't have a ton of experience doing voice acting. I think he's been in a few things before as a voice actor. But Yeah, I don't think he does. And I know he was in some movie where he was like an abominable snowman, whatever it was. But I don't think he's got a lot of experience. So like, why would you put that in the movie so often? Why would it happen so many times? It feels like you should set him up for success. Yep, I would agree. What do you got for number two? All right, my next selection for worst things So there was a lot of discussion leading up to this film about the fact that Pepe Le Pew had been removed because uh, despite being a cartoon, Pepe Le Pew's whole gimmick is like being inappropriate with women, basically, is like the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm not, I wouldn't classify myself as someone who's like super over the top woke, but watching it now in 2021, like... Speedy Gonzalez is cringy to a point that like genuinely upset me. And I was watching it late at night last night. So I had the subtitles on and even like reading the dialogue, I was like, this makes me uncomfortable. Like I have no doubt that the voice actor who plays Speedy Gonzalez is, please God, I hope someone of Latinx descent, but 
Holy shit. Uh, how is that still a thing? Yeah, I also bumped on this. Gabriella Iglesias did the voice acting for it, and I saw that, and I said, okay, at least it's not a white guy doing it. But yeah, it yeah, just, it's not Hank Azaria. <laughs> right, but it's like, why Why was he in it? And it's funny, because I just Googled to make sure it was Gabriella Iglesias. There's an article that came out today on our day of recording, August 12th, where Gabriella Iglesias says his Speedy Gonzalez was a big brown shield for Space Jam A New Legacy. What is that? imply. So he revealed this in an interview with Stephen Colbert. Apparently, the director, Malcolm Lee, asked Iglesias if he wanted to change the traditional line delivery of Speedy Gonzalez, and Iglesias decided not to because he didn't want to feel like he was changing this character, which... Okay, but then there was another question. They asked him, can you do Speedy Gonzalez? And he asked, how did I get the part? Oh, they needed a big brown shield, making reference to the fact that nearly all previous voice actors for the Mexican stereotype character have been Caucasian since Speedy Gonzalez was debuted in 1953. Hmm. So yeah, I guess he's just trying to say that keeping him in the film, they thought the way that they're going to hedge their bet here is we'll keep the character in, but we'll have him voiced by someone who isn't white and that'll make it okay. But yeah, Speedy Gonzalez is so in consequential in the film. If you're going to get rid of Pepe Le Pew, why don't you also get rid of Speedy Gonzalez? I, I don't understand why you don't just get the other guy who raises lots of eyebrows. Right. And it's like, does it make it okay to perpetuate stereotypes if it's someone of that background perpetuating it? Like, it's a little... Yeah. Perfect example. If they asked an Indian actor to do the Apu voice... I don't think that that actor should do that. The problem is not right. who's playing it. That's part of the problem. But the problem is really the depiction. Yes. I was very surprised to see Speedy Gonzales in the film knowing that they took the step to get rid of Pepe Le Pew. Right. It felt like that should have been a no-brainer to ax him as well. I think that's what Iglesias is trying to say. But also, he still said yes to doing it, so... Well, I'm sure they threw a bunch of money at him. I, I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and I would do it in a heartbeat if they offered it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you have joked that one of your opening bits in your stand-up act is that you have a white mother from Wisconsin and an Indian father, and that has produced a Mexican-looking child. So I guess you could get cast for it if you just didn't tell them your last name. <laughs> well, it's true. No, that actually is a real thing in my life, is that especially uh, in the past few years, and I think this is very much a good thing, there's a real emphasis towards actually casting someone of that background to play that role, uh, which is good. That's how it should be. Unfortunately for me, I don't look quote-unquote Indian enough to play an Indian person convincingly on TV or in a film. So I'm kind of in this weird in-between zone where it's like I kind of have to audition for things where they have no sense of what they're looking for. Or it's called ethnically ambiguous. So it's a little tricky. My number two choice is just all of the stakes around the big basketball game either don't make sense or people don't grasp the severity of the situation. Even in the first plot of Space Jam, was it ridiculous? Yes. But did it at least make sense? Sure. The whole thing in the first Space Jam is that they stole the talent from NBA legends so that they could have these monsters play basketball and that would be a big attraction for people to go to Moron Mountain and spend money at the theme park and watch them play. At least there was a point. With what is happening here in this plot, 
trying to do this in as quickly as possible. Don Cheadle is an algorithm inside of a computer that made a pitch to LeBron about doing movies together where they would kind of digitally put LeBron into Warner Brothers classic films. To which LeBron says, with all due respect, with all due respect, this idea is just straight up bad. Which is uh, not, there is no respect. You've said with all due respect twice. That means nothing. No offense, <laughs> but you're an idiot. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No offense, but fuck you. So that makes Algy Rhythm, Don Cheadle's character, very upset. So he decides that he's going to suck LeBron and his son, who likes to create video games, into the server universe of Warner Brothers, and then challenge LeBron to a game of basketball because LeBron has a lot of social media followers. So then a lot of people will see how amazing Algy Rhythm is, and then he will get the respect he deserves. But then it even goes farther where he sucks in everyone who's watching this live stream. You would think it'd be like watching a Twitch live stream. But then everyone gets literally sucked into their phones or devices, and then they are also inside the computer world watching the game. So it's like a Thanos snap. There must have been a million terrible situations. Yeah, it's like the leftovers. Exactly. Like, people in the middle of, I don't know, driving a car. Like, they were at a red light and they got the notification. Like, there's so many things that they just don't answer, where just a whole mess of people just get deleted from the world for a little bit. And then also... Dom, who is LeBron's fictional son, he teams up with Algy Rhythm because Algy gets him to say, this is the only way your dad's going to respect you. You have to beat him at his own craft, blah, 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 blah. And part of the thing is the stakes are first to LeBron. If you lose, you stay here forever. If you win, you get your son back. Sure. But then once the game starts, Don Cheadle says, oh, also, if you lose, all of the Looney Tunes get deleted. Oh, and also, also, all these people that I've sucked in, they will also have to stay here forever. And Dom, LeBron's son, is just like, yeah, we're going to keep playing the game, even though my family is some of the people who've been sucked in. Like, the stakes are just absurd at the start. The fact that Dom doesn't want to immediately stop playing this basketball game to save his family is ridiculous. It just feels like there's no motivation for the villain. And I get I'm asking a lot of a silly movie, but it made no sense. No. Yeah, I don't get it at all. Like, that was my exact thought was like, okay, you're going to keep all these people in the serververse. Like, to what end? Right. What are you going to do with them? Exactly. I think there's a lot of different ways this could have made more sense. I think even trying to get LeBron trapped in, maybe the algorithm has this thing where LeBron has to keep playing basketball on this video game and it'll be a Twitch stream forever and he'll make all this money and notoriety for having this popular video game thing that everyone wants to watch. But to bring all these other people in, I just, I don't know, it was just so weird. I just like didn't care about the villain at all or even get what the point of any of it was. No, yeah, it was terrible. I mean, I guess the only way you can even try to explain why the basketball game was a thing, and this is giving the writers way more credit than is probably due, is, you know, LeBron goes to that pitch meeting, he insults Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle is like, you know, who the hell are you to act like you know more about this than I do? I'm the best at it. So I guess there's a world where it makes sense that he would be like, well, you think you're the best at basketball, but I'm going to show you that even though you think that I can beat you at your own game, which is like way too right. much credit to the filmmakers. Probably. They don't say that, but they could have said that. <laughs> right. And if that is the reason, then that could have been explained. Totally. hundred percent. I just, it's, 
Uh, yeah, it was, there's no reason for the basketball game. It doesn't take place in space. The movie should have been called Cyberspace Jam because it all takes place inside of a, a server. There's no actual space. Right, and the whole thing is like it's animated largely. The stakes can be as ridiculously high as you want them to be. Why make them so incoherent? Yeah, and uh, it just, I don't know. It felt inconsistent and it just frustrated me. It was terrible. <laughs> all right, number one for me. That rap battle was oh. so corny and terrible and out of place and made no sense. It's like in the middle of the game, it was just, oh my God, it was painful. I, I, I sat there like physically uncomfortable watching it and wondering how on earth in a film that was almost two hours long that could have been 80 minutes, that made the final cut. Like, what was that? What they were trying to do Basically, in the first half of the game, the goon squad is getting a whole bunch of points because style points has been introduced and you get more than just two points for scoring a bucket. If you do cool stuff, it's worth more. So in the second half, the Looney Tunes of the Toon Squad decide they're going to get Looney. They have decided that they're going to be very silly and get style points that way. And one of the ways that manifests is this rap battle where Porky Pig raps, but he's not good at rapping. It's not like a homage to 8 Mile or any other famous rap battle movie. It's not like he even was so bad where it's all corny dad jokes. It's just right in the middle of he's saying things in the cadence of someone saying cool disses, but they're not at all. It's just the most mild of the mild burns ever. Yeah, it's like, you stinking, you're bad. Yeah, it was... It was rough. And then the other people don't even get to retort. It's just Porky Pig rapping. And then and then that's it. We've gotten some style points. Yeah, why not? I mean, for God's sakes, they reference every other pop culture thing in the world. Why not do some sort of eight mile thing? I don't know if that's under the umbrella that it would need to be. But like, you know, knees weak, hooves are sweaty. That's funny already. Right. Yeah. There. It was just nothing. It, it, like you said, it was just a why is this here? It's not a reference to anything. It's not good. Vomit on his sweater already. LeBron's wife's spaghetti. Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. I'm glad I'm glad you pointed that one out. Okay, my number one choice. How the hell do you not use the fucking Space Jam theme song in this movie? It's the you talk about Space Jam, top two most iconic things is the theme song. Everybody get up a time to slam now. Slap so fucking hard. Quad City DJs busted out all the stops. Iconic all-time song. Do we have permission to play like 10 seconds of that? I think so. Yes. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. And we'll put links to the intro to it and maybe if they have the one from Space Jam 2 by comparison, but it was just, and in the intro, it was just like the most boring, nothing song. The whole soundtrack sucks ass. It was some vague song I'd never heard of. I'm sure there's some royalty reason or whatever, but the whole soundtrack was garbage, except for they play some song during the LeBron flashback that was actually from the, the 90s of when he would have been that age, which was good. And then that's literally the only interesting song that is played. There was one song when I think he gets together with all the tunes that was like the worst song I've ever heard. Yeah, there were some really, 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 really bad ones. But I just, I don't get how you have the greatest hype-up song ever that was written for Space Jam. It wasn't like it was some song that was famous already and just was famously used in Space Jam. So how do you not have the rights to use it? Right, now I can certainly understand why they didn't use I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. That was the right call. 100%. They should not have used it. But to not use the Space Jam theme song is 
unconscionable. It's ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. And it made me so upset because they get to the point where they're going to do the intro. And I was like, here we go, baby. And then it's just some other song that was about LeBron. It was something like I'm the greatest or I'm a legend. It was some weird, vague, nothing song. It was so bad that what they were doing was they're playing highlights of LeBron's career while the song was going on. And I first noted, oh, wow, this isn't the Space Jam song. And then by the end of it, I just forgot there was music in the background because all I was listening to was the commentary of the clips that they were showing from his famous games in the playoffs. I did like the clips. The clips were great, but how do you not put in the Space Jam song? I, yeah, I don't and get it. It's and nowhere in the film. I don't think it's in the end credits either, but how do you not put it in the film at all? I, I, the only thing I can think of is that they already knew how much this was going to be compared to the old Space Jam, and it's like they're trying to forge a new path. But it, it reminds me of when all of a sudden, like, Coca-Cola is like, all right, we're changing our recipe. It was like, no one was complaining. Why mm -hmm. are you doing this? Yeah, it's not even like they tried to make a sequel. Like, it's not like they hired some famous rapper or current rap group who is current in today's music to do it. That's one thing. You get Kendrick Lamar to do the new Space Jam one? Sure, that's fine. Even one of the things that's more popular with the kids, you know, like a, a Post Malone or a Travis Scott or... Got a little Jack Harlow in there. Right, like you can get other people. That would have been one thing to say, okay, we don't want to just do the old one. Let's make a new Space Jam song that is similar, but it's with someone that the younger modern audience would get more behind. But to use just some vague nothing song, I don't get. I was so angry. So angry. <laughs> you can't see it right now, but Mike just flipped a table. I did, yep. Mm -hmm. We edited it out because Misha is good at editing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Misha. So yeah, that's what we've got. We've got a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about, which will be on the Patreon. But for now, that was the uh, that was the three and three draft of the the best things and the worst things from Space Jam. I mean, it's telling that I waited to watch it until like midnight the night before we recorded because I had <laughs> two weeks to watch it and I just didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in the same boat where I knew there was only one other night that I could do it, so it had to be that night. And uh, yeah, watched it. It was it, it 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 was a movie. Let's say that. It certainly was a movie. And honestly, like, look, I everyone knows I'm a big Jordan guy. I would never have wanted to admit that this one was better, but I went into it with an open mind. I really wanted to like it. And it just on so many levels was not good. And and again, needlessly long. Yeah, very long not necessarily fun, and it just felt like Warner Brothers doing a commercial to talk about all their other Warner Brothers products that you should be watching instead, because they're all better. Right. Yes. Agreed. Anyway, go watch the first Space Jam as a palate <laughs> cleanser. <laughs> good. I'm gonna need a good meal tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses, hosted by Adam Amawala and Mike Schubert. Our editor is Misha Stanton. The music is by Bettina Campomanes. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. And the website is by Kelly Schubert. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Adam Hartwick, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Shooby Dooby Doo, Godzilla Got Busy, Steph Curry for three. Bang! He sells, <laughs> he sells seashells, LaRon James. Matt Barger, NBA legend Robert Sacri, No Jazz, No Pizza, Eileen Gazesh, Avatar Kyoshi, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Anna Borgeli, Mitch Chrysler, Bang! Bang! Brown Men Can Jump, Jimmy Butler 4-2, Long Suffering Timberwolves fan, Roast Beef Debris, Christ Paul, and now Matthew Hillebrand. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because... Horse Hoops was the guy who decided, nah, don't put the Space Jam theme song in. We don't need that. Unforgivable. Go to our website, horsehoops.com, to links to some of the stuff we talked about today, including potentially Kyle Lowry's thick booty. <laughs> 
uh, some clips of the Summer League and the original Space Jam tune that they really should have used. And if you want some sweet bonus content like us talking about all the other things we liked and disliked about Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, or if you want to see all of the treasure trove of audio and video stuff that's already there, you get access to it all instantly once you join. You can head on over to patreon.com slash horse hoops. You can also get some merchandise. We've got Subnerds' basketball shirts. We've got the horse theme song. We've got our live show digitally that we did, all available at multitude.productions slash merch. And we're going to end this episode as we do every episode episode by putting our hands in the middle and saying something on the count of three. I've got something actually. Oh, what do you got? Well, this episode will be episode 82 of Horse. Now, Uh as you know, I was not on board from the beginning, but for those of you who follow the NBA, 82 is the number of games that are played in an NBA regular season. So I think on the count of three, we say season two. I love it. Great. All righty. One, two, three. Season Season two. two.